I am Liz Wright. Welcome to Live Your Best Life. The only thing that matters now is living by the power of this wonderful new creation life. We're going to become an undefeatable force of radiating glory, and we are rising up strong now in this hour. Hi, family. Thank you for joining me for what's going to be an amazing episode this week of Live Your Best Life, of course, with me, Liz Wright. And my friend joining me for today, my special guest, is a, an authentic man of God who is absolutely sold out for Jesus and loves him and prioritizes his relationship with the Lord above everything else. And I know that. And I know when I've I've spent time with him, you can literally feel the presence of Holy Spirit pouring off his life because he spends his whole life focusing on the person of Christ. So you are going to be so blessed by today's conversation. So prepare for your life to be changed as you literally are touched afresh by the presence of God today. It is my absolute joy to welcome into the conversation with me, Eric Gilmore. Eric, welcome. I am so honored to be with you. You're a hero of mine. Oh, you're a hero of mine too, Eric. Thank you. And I love it when we're together because we normally get totally wrecked by Holy Spirit. And it's just great. Yeah, my brother from another mother, as they say. Eric, I wanted to talk to you today about a subject that I know you've shared in our international mentoring community that is dear to your heart and dear to mine and is life-changing for all of us. And it's about just experiencing the beauty of who our God is and living mesmerized by the person of Christ and how important that is for our lives and um I just want you to share what's in your heart, really, Eric. Like, can we start there? Like, why is it so important for us to live this way? Well, I think if Christ's beauty doesn't have my heart, I look all kinds of other places. There's an old quote from Charles Spurgeon that I love. He said, there is no reason why I should look away but there are a million reasons why I should not. And I think that really encapsulates the beauty of the Lord saves us. The beauty of the Lord, it fills us. It satisfies us. It literally is the highest occupation known to man. It is is the reason why we were created is to turn our eyes upon the Lord. And so when we veer from that, a deviated gaze causes all kinds of problems on the inside of our hearts, the way we think, the way we see life, the way we see others, everything is affected by what has our attention. So the beauty of the Lord steals the affections. I I quote Jonathan Edwards a lot where in this, he says that the beauty of Christ or the beauty of the Lord bows the will and draws the heart two things that i think are needed in my life over and over again to have my will bow yeah and my heart drawn and when i look at the beauty of the lord these are the things that happen my i gladly bow my knee Mm -hmm. and my heart is just drawn towards him And I find that 
this makes life happy. (laughs) This makes life fulfilling. This changes all the little things in life as like Jesus goes into Mary's house and he changes her mundane house into a garden of spices. You know, by being there, she realizes he is there. So the presence of the Lord realized in our lives changes even the most mundane things into a garden of spices with our beloved. So the beauty of the Lord is what does that. And, I, and I'm, I'm recognizing more and more that to look upon the beauty of the Lord as I'll just use a quote from someone greater than me. Matthew Henry wrote, we should entertain ourselves from day to day with the contemplation of the beauty of the Lord. And I find there's no higher entertainment than to fix my eyes upon the beauty of God. So I think it's very important for our sanity, (laughs) for our our rest, for joy, for peace, for trust, uh, trusting in this divine providence that is also part of his beauty. Yeah, it's just beautiful. It's the truth, isn't it? Once you've once you've experienced him as you just live in this way, gazing upon the beauty of who he is, studying the beauty realm of God, studying his nature, you mm. know, in his ways, we are transformed, aren't we? We become mm. what we behold. It's just beautiful. And I love something else that I heard you talking about, about how God created us to live internally in contentment. And it's and it, again through the gaze, you know, just looking at him, the benefits are amazing, aren't they? We were we were never supposed to be separate from him. We yes. just start to curl up and die. Like, you know, he, his presence is everything. So can I ask you, Eric, like in your day-to-day life, how do you maintain this walk? How do you maintain the gaze practically? Because I know it it really helps us to to hear what we've learned through our relationship with Jesus, doesn't it? It strengthens us. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think for me, one of the things that is a foundational point of every day is the gospel. Yeah. Remembering the gospel. And when I say the gospel, you know, we being part of the West, it just kind of gets lost and we think we're, we're like the little girl that worked at the the rose shop and she was always around roses all the time. So the point where she just became so sick of the smell of roses that even if somebody gave her a sweet rose, she would reject the rose because she was so just overwhelmed with the smell of roses in her life. I think sometimes we get so inundated with the gospel that there we begin to despise or think little of these mm-hmm. wonderful things like the name of Jesus. Sometimes the name of Jesus becomes stale in our mouths because we know so much. We're inundated with information and Christianity. And you say things like this, oh, Jesus died for me. Wait, wait, wait. What did you just say? Jesus died for me. It should shake the bones. It should cause the inside to erupt with love. We love him because he first loved us and so my love is dependent upon seeing his love and in this is love that while i was a sinner christ died for me that should steal away the affections every day so for me the gospel is very important and it's connected to uh, five things i'll say them real fast but what he is what he's like 
what he's done, what he is in me, and what he does for me. All five of these things wow. are manifestations of his beauty and what he is. It, it steals my heart to recognize. So is this, is this your focus when you're with him and you're reconnecting and prioritizing your Yes. Your, the, his presence. So can you say those again? Because that's really powerful, Eric. Yeah, it's this is the five points of the diamond of his beauty. Yeah. What he is. I mean, just to even think about that should change our lives. Yeah. Uh, I mean, really, anxiety and fear are an assault on God's character. But worry is wow. the seed of atheism. It, it's... Wow. When, when when a man begins to say, "Oh, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm I'm anxious. I'm worried," you forgot who God is. To to worry means you forgot God, because when you write, look at the scriptures and what they say about who, what He is, let, I'll just say a couple of them. Yeah. The scripture tells us that He works all things after the counsel of His own will. The scripture tells us that all things are His servants. The scripture tells us that He sits in the heavens and does whatever He pleases. The scripture tells us that he makes lightning for the rain. He causes the blades of grass to grow, that he installs inside of man's heart, understanding. God is, when he's recognized as what he is, it should abolish, just literally destroy fear, and it should destroy anxiety and worry when you just recognize what he is. But then you think of that person who is... Uh, all things are his servants. He works all things at the counsel of his own will. Scripture says in Psalm 103 that his sovereignty rules over all. You think about these things and then how he's told us he is. He says, I am gracious and compassionate. I'm slow to anger and I'm rich in love. You think about what he's like. Yeah. It just, I, I have realized in my life I've been saved since 1992 is when I actually first gave my life to the Lord. It's been 30 years. I got serious in 96, but I've learned that his patience is embarrassing. How, how patient he's been with me. He, he should have thrown the towel in on me the first couple of weeks I got saved, you, you know, <laughs> but he hasn't. He's, he stayed so faithful mm. and he's been so true. He's been, um, he's shown me mercy that I don't deserve. The scripture tells us that he doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. The scriptures tell us that as a father has compassion upon his children, so the father has compassion on those who fear him. The scriptures tell us that he redeems our life from the pit. This is who he is, and it should steal the heart. But then you put all that next to the cross, and what he's done bleeding from it he, he's god in a body hanging naked off a piece of wood nailed there for him. in my place condemned he stood this this should this should cause something to happen on the inside people are against feelings but how do you think of this and not feel how do you think of this and not say oh my Blessed be the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And then you put on top of that, that Christ in me is the hope of glory and that he has put his spirit inside of me. 
so that there's a well flowing constantly and I can drink my fill from the abundance of his house. His, the river of delights is given to me and it's not somewhere I got to go. It's just a turning within. He's in, yeah. This is incredible. And then you add on top of that, your personal life and how he continually provides for you. He yeah. providentially guides you. The, to me, these five things cause love to happen on the inside of us. So I take these five things and I, I bring them up in this chair right here. And it causes my heart to throw itself down and say, you are worthy, Lord. You are worthy. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's beautiful. It's actually <laughs> life transforming what you've just shared, Eric. Just applying that to our mm -hmm. lives brings us back into divine experience, divine perspective. There's an encounter. Mm. He just one moment with him mm. just is all we need, right? We uh, the the where people share, you know, what you just said then about is we're not supposed to be emotional when people say that. It's just it's so wrong. It's mm -hmm. just so wrong, isn't it? At the the end of the day, love is a feeling. Mm -hmm. Love is an experience, isn't it? God originally created us out of love for love for relationship. The joy that was set before him was our hearts voluntarily choosing him in the future. He was looking at each one of us. I mean, when though when we look at those truths, we peer into the truth in the scriptures, like you say, the one who authored it begins to express his heart to us and cause you know, we love because first God loves us. You know, we he ignites our heart afresh, doesn't he? As we, as we begin to in, step through the doorway of the truth of the gospel and and enter into an awakened heart state again and that's that's the gospel isn't it it's like christ is in us god like you said you know i i, I loved what you said like god god descended was it what, what was the word you use condescended he came down he he enfolded himself the enormity of who our god is which is beyond our comprehension enfolded himself within holy mankind so that he could dwell with man and be in relationship with us and awaken our hearts into the experience of his love and that we could be one forever bride and bridegroom forever i mean it's this is the truth this is the truth of the gospel of when he hung on the tree like you said this is what was in his heart this was the dream he had right at the beginning before you know before time began this was the dream and now he's got his dream. And that's one thing that overwhelms me, Eric, when I sit with the Lord. I I, I want more than anything for Jesus to mm. receive the desire of his heart. I want to be the fullness of his dream in my experience, which is loving him like you do. You know, I know this is your passion just to love him with everything that I am authentically and express him with everything that I am authentically and let Holy Spirit do all he needs to do so that Jesus gets the reward of his sufferings, the passion of his heart, which is an experiential emotional relationship with us, right? Absolutely. It, Charles Spurgeon, again, he said, to be unfeeling is to be unfruitful. Wow. <laughs> he wow. also, this next one, you're going to love this. He said, uh, only a corpse is without feeling. <laughs> Wow. 
Wow. You do when you when you study like you do, you know, the people that the family that have gone before us, you know, like some of the mystics I love, like like you do, Madame Guion, and and you you read their their journey with Jesus and the place that they come to. Ultimately, it's all about love, isn't it? it everything's stripped away. And it's just literally in the end, it's about experiencing his love and living from the strength of that reality. Finn alone, Finn alone wrote to Madame Guyon and he says, love him and I will charge you to do nothing else because by love will come everything else. Wow. It's the truth. Wow. It's the truth, isn't it? Yeah. He is ultimately, and he, and that's, that's the journey we're on, isn't it? Ultimately, Holy Spirit is bringing us to a place where there is no, there are no other idols. There's nothing hindering our visibility of the beauty of who He is. And that was something else that you touched on when you were speaking on the IMC. I thought that's profound. Will you unpack that a little bit about, and maybe even you know, just take us there in a prayer, you know, just to help us to all the things that clutter our hearts and begin to be. Um, the strengths for our heart, false strengths for our heart, you know, distractions that prevent us from being able to see the beauty of who Jesus is clearly. Will you speak into that a little bit, Eric? Because that's really important. I think that especially at the moment with everybody so stressed out. I I feel like it's very elementary, but you you can't really put the Lord before you if you put other things before the Lord. Mm. It's yeah. kind of like a classic case of hide and seek. What, what do you do when you hide? You put an object between you and the person. And this yeah. is the evidence of sin. Sin, Adam tries to put a, a, an item between him and God. He's hiding from the Lord. Yeah. And, and so a lot of times we do this because we don't want to be completely vulnerable before God and show him these warts or, or boils that we have in our hearts. But I'll, I'll use the words of Madame Guyon. She says, expose them to his view and you will be healed. It's mm -hmm. not to be afraid of him means I will not put anything in front of him. But also the love aspect of first priority in Matthew 10, 37, when he says, um, if any man loves father, mother, wife, or children more than me, they're not worthy of me. And then he says, if anyone doesn't pick up his cross and follow me, they're not worthy of me. He's just saying, give me the highest place of love, not not just amongst people, but even above yourself. Do you love me more than yourself? And, and this is clearing all the way. John the Baptist was called the greatest board among women. And it wasn't because of his austere life or his strange diet. It was because he cleared the way. He removed everything from in front of Jesus. He sent all his disciples to Jesus and he pointed at Jesus while looking at Jesus. He looked at the lamb and called everyone else to do the same. I, I feel like I'm having to check my heart over and over again to make sure nothing has been placed in front of the Lord. And so even now, if you're listening to this and mm. you know something, someone, some desire, some pursuit, something has been put in front of Christ occupying the chief place in your attention. This is the this is the time to say, Lord, I recognize that. I'm not denying it. I recognize it and I need your help. I need you to show me who you are again. Show me what you've done again 
so that I will gladly slay any lesser lover. I will gladly end all of these things that have taken the place that you deserve. I, I pray this prayer. No, pray this with me. Say, say this with me. Say, Jesus, forgive me for giving the attention that you deserve to things that are far inferior to you. Lord, even now I, I ask you, search my heart, examine me even now, that I may live a life of full love, first priority, totally yours, a bride married to one husband. In your precious name, thank you, Lord. Yeah. Wow, I feel the presence of Holy Spirit. I actually can feel him as compassion. You know, his compassionate, beautiful heart just reaching out to everybody right now to bring us out from the things that have hindered our ability to experience him and overwhelmed us with the pressures of the world, the cares of the world. And the extent, you know, there's something else that I, I heard you when you were talking about contentment, Eric, mm. like how God created us to live in an internal state of contentment, we're not supposed to live. I'm paraphrasing you, obviously quoting, but you can speak for yourself in a moment. But, uh, but how we're not supposed to live in an external experience, mm. you know, as the predominant influence of our life, but actually we were supposed to live in contentment. And that's the evidence of the presence of God in somebody's life. You know, I thought that's absolutely profound. And of course, this way of living brings us back to that place of contentment, doesn't it? Will you talk to us a little bit about that? Yes. Contentment in my definition is when God is your content. When God is your content, your content, the contents wow. of my being is my God. And yeah. so that makes you content. God is my content. That's contentment. So there's a story in um, the, the Gospels. There's a guy who's listening to Jesus preach, and he says to Jesus, you know, I have an inheritance that's mine, and I need you to tell my family to give me my part of the inheritance because, you, you know, he respects Jesus and, and as Jesus is this great leader, and he thinks that he's going to be able to get the inheritance that's his if Jesus says something. Jesus knowing that the inheritance is rightly this guy's he doesn't even talk to him about him getting the inheritance he redefines his whole understanding of life and he says this be on your guard against every form of greed be on your guard against every form and he's showing us there's many forms of greed and greed is defined as the need for more and so sometimes we have these greedy longings that govern our lives. And Jesus is saying, this is not what life is intended to be. This is what life was made by sin. And Jesus is showing that contentment is the absence of every form of greed. Even when things are rightfully yours, the inheritance belongs to this guy. It's his rightfully. But Jesus is like, you're desire for stuff that is actually yours is still an expression of form of greed. In other words, you're not content. 
not not saying that we're not supposed to rightfully go after you know what i mean not saying that i'm just saying the heart of the issue jesus is saying is the soul must find its rest and its contentment in god mm-hmm. and so I'm, I'm seeing even um hebrews 13 5 it says he will never leave you nor forsake you and this verse that is used so often by people he will never leave you nor forsake you is in context with being content with what you have which is very interesting if you if you go back those of you watching if you go back and read hebrews 13 verse 5 and you look at it it, he says be content with you have i will never leave you nor forsake you showing us that it is the presence of god that frees us from the need to have anything else it is i will never leave you that's presence be content with what you have it's contentment in his presence are one in the same to have christ as your content is to be freed from the need to have anything else and that itself is great gain oh my gosh that is the truly happy life isn't it that is the way he created us to live and it's attainable that's the miracle of what's happened hey eric of holy spirit we like you said you know earlier we get so familiar with the language of the scriptures, we can so easily desensitize to the experience of what the Lord is intending us to walk in, in new creation life. And how, you know, it reminds me when you were speaking then, that when the disciples said to Jesus, what is the will of the Father? And he simply said to trust in the one that he sent. Our life, it's, it's so simple. We, we, he's just requiring us to trust in him. And then we, we enter into rest and then we enter into contentment and he, because we're finding as we're experiencing his presence, right, that we're, we're experiencing the sweetness and the beauty of who he is enveloping us on the inside. The beauty realm of God, as you say, you know, as well, is, is his nature. It's the attributes of who he is, the magnificence of who he is and his sovereignty, the revelation of who he is as we, re- we receive that understanding through the names of God. And then we look at the life of Jesus through the scriptures and we can, you know, same Jesus is now inside of us by his spirit, expanding his nature and enveloping us on the inside as we gaze. I think that our conscious awareness as we turn within, like you said, as we, he's not out there somewhere one day, hopefully we'll have an encounter. He's within, he's a, he's closer than our breath. And as we turn in, it's the conscious gaze that unlocks the experience of the heart, isn't it? As our heart looks again. And we can step into contentment. That's the way we were designed to live. And I just everything you say is profound, Eric. I mean, it's, it just flows flows from your relationship with Jesus. I mean, it's just beautiful. The, the, and the gift of language that the Lord has given you to articulate these truths, to help the body of Christ strengthen in her walk, right? As he's preparing the bride, it's just profound and I just, I love what you've said. And yeah, okay. I mean, I could just keep talking to you for hours and hours and hours. All right. I would love it just in finishing. We've got just got a few more minutes, Eric. Could you help us all enter in just to turn in again and to step out of this crazy, many of us are in crazy pressure because of what's going on in the world right now. And and it might be circumstances in your world, you know, not the world, um, but whatever it is, the Lord wants you back out of any compromised state of living, right? Any desensitized state of living or compromised state of living back into 
peace and contentment and fresh faith, the faith of Jesus dispensing through you again, being the source and strength of your life and the enabling grace to, that, through which you can experience him all over again, yes. being the fulfilling all of your needs. And just, yeah. So can you, can you take us there into your beautiful relationship with Jesus, Eric, and help all us right. reset? I would love to. So just uh, those of you that are listening, just just close your eyes if you can and just put your hand on your heart and take a deep breath to relax. When you relax, you testify to the Lord. You believe there's nothing you can do. Father, we just remember you and the things that you have done and the things that you do. We set our eyes on your Christ, the son of your love, lifting our eyes to you up above. Fill us again with mercy and grace. Shine away our shadows with the light of your face, we praise you. Praise you, Lord. Praise you. Father, I ask that every listener would let their hearts trust in the Lord and hear the words of Jesus. Let not your heart be troubled, but believe in God and believe in me. Praise you, Father. Praise God. <laughs> oh, I feel his presence so beautiful. We're so thankful for your presence, Jesus. Yes, we are. So thankful that you are now living within us, that we are now the Ark of the Covenant. We yes. are now the Holy of Holies. Who we are to you. Oh, Jesus, I just, I, I agree with everything that Eric has just said to you and prayed for us. And what I ask that every single one of our family watching, no matter what's going on in their lives, that their hearts would explode with a fresh experience of your love today that would be the stronger encounter that would override any trauma, any fear, any sense of separation, any record that's within them that was not authored by you, any life experience that was not authored by you that would be dissolved in the experience of your presence and your love. They would know their value to you today. And their hearts would be reignited and fall in love with you all over again. Amen. 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 Eric, thank you. Thank, thank you. you for sharing who you are. <laughs> you're the you're the best, Liz. Thank you for having me. <laughs> you are so welcome anytime. We'll have to do more together. Hey, Eric. It's just okay. so easy and so fun. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. And guys, thank you for giving us your precious time today. And we really are praying for you. And we're wrapping you in love, championing you on in this spirit to become the fullness of who you actually are, which is the dream of God. And look forward to being with you again next week. God bless. Hi, if you really enjoyed today's show and you want to go deeper with Jesus and experience his love and his presence more than you ever have, then I have a present for you, a free gift. If you want to jump over to experiencinggodslove.com and just click on and sign up, 
then you will receive one of my teaching videos that I have created especially for you that will not only give you a few keys just very, very quickly that you can uh, utilize in your daily walk with the Lord, um, but also I'm going to take you there as well. So it's an activation. So yeah, so jump over to experiencinggodslove.com and you are gonna be so blessed.